0: Hey everybody! It is Wednesday night. We are a little bit behind our normal schedule. We had such amazing technical difficulties tonight, honest and for true. I'm Pastor Lindsey Lee. Welcome to Kingdom 202, the School of Let me read it: Supernatural, Oh, Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. It is Wednesday, the uh, 18th of March in the year 2020. We're going to pray. We're going to have some conversation about the name of Jesus because, frankly, I think he's a lot more interesting than some of the current events that people are experiencing. We're going to access some of the powerful things of the kingdom of God and bring healing, hope, help, and um, deliverance and whatever else it is that's on the agenda of heaven tonight for all of us. So, Father, we do come before you tonight in the name of Jesus, and I give praise to you. For the mighty wonders of being a part of the most awesome family in all existence. It is the body of Yeshua, the body of Christ, the family of God. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your loving kindness, for for your faithfulness, for your tenderness, for your gentleness, for your compassion. You know, it's a list of every good thing one could express toward another person goodwill, favor, love, all of these things are you. Anything that speaks of of, of uh, diminishing or diminishing or devaluing that doesn't have anything to do with you whatsoever because you are everything good and we worship and praise you and thank you tonight for the opportunity to be able to present your word to the listening ears and to hearts that are open to receive. Some would be going around right now and saying, I need a good word. Well, we've got a whole 66 books that are just chock full of goodness. And it's all things that pertain to the love of God. And so we thank you for that tonight. I thank you for those that are uh, present with me, maintaining. <laughs> I think we're, I'm at least six feet away from everybody. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> we thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And I thank you for laughter. And I thank you for the people that are joining us online that are by way of media and all of the other ways that you cause your voice to be heard through the, way, through the airwaves to speak uh, an unrelenting message of the goodness of God. In yeah. Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, no, I've had some fun with vocabulary, of course, and ones that know me are aware of that. Forgive me, I, I meant to pull something out. Here we go. And so... I was thinking about tonight, and there's—I don't know about you, but it—it's been for me over the last couple of weeks. I have really felt the uh, the effects of being in a fight. It's been a lot of because I have—I have never been so outrageously loud or uh, defiant when it comes to things of dark works of darkness as I have been in the last few weeks. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> I have encountered, and I, I recognize today, well, actually it wasn't today, but I articulated it today, that one of the things that happens is, is when you are faced with a world that is filled with fear, you've got to fight. You have, um, you know, you, you're taking a stand for faith, but the world doesn't understand faith. in in terms of how it's truly defined. And so, and when I say the world, I mean anybody, including people that are are born from above but not thinking like God does. When people are so caught up by distractions or caught up by um, scenarios that are threatening to their well-being, then fear can be the default. If you're not alive to God, if we're not alive to his promises, I'm going to duck one more time. Um, if we're not alive to how awesomely amazing and unfailing he is, then we can actually experience fear. I, I mean experience fear to, to the place of obeying it. Uh, we all experience fear. There's there's no one on the planet that is, that has, uh, you know, even when we're filled with faith as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, and all that kind of stuff, which is a good thing to be. But we all face fear. And so I'm going to pose a question tonight. And, and it's, it's not our, it is not our um, primary message, but I do want to... Uh, um, I want to put it out there because I think it's time to ask this question, and may have someone else has already asked it, but I did not, okay? So um, my question, let me see if I have it here. Have you bothered to ask anybody, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because when you, when you hear about all these different things, this sickness, this, this threat here, this thing, this, that, what are the other, those kind of things, the, the truth of the matter is, is that no one has really been able to tell you what they're afraid of, except that they'll say things and then not recognize that the very things that they fear they have brought upon themselves. Job said that. It's a spiritual principle, but it's not a principle that God has um, endorsed. In fact, if you want to look at it, whatever things you faith, you would also bring upon yourself. If you have the faith to believe and to meditate on and to keep speaking it out, does it or does it not manifest? The answer is yes. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I, people will say fear and faith are opposite. I'll say they're opposing. Fear opposes faith. We say faith opposes fear, but see, I say faith is the standard for our life. Any, The standard is what is opposed. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. It's the standard yes. that is opposed. The standard itself does not oppose anything because, see, he's already established um, this is this is this is who he who he is. meaning God. This is what he has said. This is what he teaches. This is what he has established for us. Correct? Say correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. This is interactive, y'all. So quit being distracted and just keep looking up here and let's talk. Okay, let's talk. So um, since faith, I mean, you have to ask it this way: which is which came first, life or death? The answer's life. Is life.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, life came first. Because uh, okay. So since life came first, what opposes life? Yeah.
1: Oh,
0: death. Which came first, truth or lies?
1: Truth.
0: So what opposes truth? Lies. lies. That's why I say they're not opposite, but one opposes the other. So this has been, there's a battle between darkness and light. Not really. Ba- darkness is battling light, trying to overcome. But light overcomes darkness just like that. Light, it, it's, kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like... You know, it's kind of like you're trying to beat somebody up with a feather. You know, you're going to do your, I'm going to give you the whooping of your life, and I'm going to use a feather. And what size of a feather? It's a feather the size of a thumb. And I'm just going to keep wailing away. Well, honestly, you keep applying pressure in a certain place. It can make a. you'll leave some trace evidence or something. But darkness trying to drown out light is never, ever going to happen. People say, yeah, but what about what happens when the lights go out? When the electricity goes off, then it's dark, sure. But if somebody has a match or a flashlight, what happens? Darkness is dispelled because light always overcomes darkness. Therefore, darkness fights against light, but light is. Am I making sense? Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay, so looking at those things, and we we have some place to go tonight. But when you look at things of of that sort, then you start to understand that the things that people fear is because they're using the opposing um, force, the force that opposes faith. They're using the exact same principles because it's, two ends, that you could say, of the, of, of the same spectrum. In other words, faith existed, and when sin entered into the world and death came through sin, so did fear. Perfect love was already in the world. And he says, when you let perfect world in, it cast out fear. Why? Because the love permeates, love permeates the atmosphere. And fear cannot overcome it. Jesus was not afraid of the cross. Perfect love was crucified, but it could not be defeated. Covenant blood is the love, the blood of perfect love. You with me? Why is this important? Because when we are tossed like a salad to and fro or you know throw it over here and i throw it over or like a piece of silly putty you know tossed to and fro you can get dizzy but when you have a standard by which you live every part of your being you can't be pulled back over to the other side but people that don't have a standard for belief a standard for truth a standard For healing, a standard for um, what to do in times of calamity. They get tossed back and forth because they're not solid in their belief in the truth. And you find that the fear will take precedence in their lives, in their thinking, because they're not trained, they have not trained themselves by the Word of God to believe the word regardless of what the natural eye sees. That making sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you have a question? Were you, did you want to respond to my question? What are you afraid of? Because that's really a question that, that I, I think that bears in conversations with people, in all of the things that they call pandemic, the true viral thing is fear. It's the, man, it's, not, it's the spiritual thing that wanted entrance through the man-made thing so that it could rule in place of faith.
1: And that's actually um, sorry, sorry. Okay. that's actually what I'm a, probably af, most afraid of. the um, it's, it's that I won't be able to overcome the fear that I don't know enough about the perfect
0: love to walk in it. Okay, like you just described. Okay, great. But so when here's a default question that we put in ourselves as a part of our reset as as sons: Is Jesus afraid? Okay, go ahead and talk to me. Use the mic.
1: Okay. No, Jesus okay. is
0: not afraid. Okay, well who lives in you? Jesus. Lives. So when you default, you're defaulting from the thing that faces you that you all by yourself, if you want to sing an old 80s song, All By Myself. Um, if you have to live that way, then you have reason to fear. Mm-hmm. But do you actually have reason to fear? Based upon the fact that you told me Jesus lives in you. No.
1: Because if Jesus is my default, then he's going to fill that with the perfect love.
0: Yes. You can also hide behind his name. And
1: hide behind his name.
0: And hide behind his blood. And hide behind the covenant that was cut. And hide behind the principles of truth, and hide behind your citizenship in the kingdom. In other words, if 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 fear, if darkness can get past your kingdom citizenship, if it can get past your blood covenant with Jesus, your blood covenant brother, if it can get past the word of the Lord if it can get past the angelic host that is assigned to protect you if it can get past um, the blood of Jesus again then you might have reason to fear but can it can it can sickness move past, overpower the blood of Jesus No. can sickness use its thumbs and put down the name of Jesus and say I have greater power than you do Can Satan take his little thorny, ugly thorny foot and put it on the neck of Jesus Christ? (laughs) Can demons wrestle your angels that are assigned to you that are in obedience to the word of the Lord that you have spoken where the faith of God is on high, overcome, use their sword and cut your angels off? So then again, what are you afraid of? Let's look at fear for a moment, because we're really looking at—we're at, um, looking really at faith and how faith defeats fear. We're looking at perfect love, and I mean, I'm laughing because God does. Let's go to Psalm chapter two. I hope I'm going to the right place. Sometimes—is oh, it just sometimes? Yeah, I am. Thank you. Psalm chapter two, and let's look at verse one. And here's a question that's posed. Why do the heathen rage, or the nations rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? Why do they do that? And the answer, one of the answers is um, they don't know the freedom that comes from the covenant of the kingdom. The nation's rage, the heathen rage, because they're pushed by an enraged spirit. The reflections that you see of darkness that, that happen among mankind. Um, there's nothing funny to me about women fighting over toilet paper in a supermarket. And somebody thought that was cute to put it on. A, I don't know if they thought it was cute or not. Forgive me, because I really don't know. The idea of scarcity, poverty, lack is at work, fear is stirring up, there won't be enough. When El Shaddai says, I am who? The God who is more than enough. But people go on a rampage to run and get the ready supply of something in case they run out because of a scarcity mentality. So what are people afraid of? They're afraid of being poor or going without. They're afraid of not having any money, not having provision, not being able to pay their bills or even more so not being able to buy what they want to buy. Um, What else are they afraid of? Oh, are they afraid of the virus? Uh, 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 Of a virus? Well, yeah, sort of. But really, are they afraid of the virus or are they afraid of the shadow of it? Well, what uh, what does Psalm 23 say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Why a shadow instead of the real thing? Anybody remember that commercial with the with a little dog that was like a, supposed to be like a Mountie or something. It was one of those uh, rescue dogs that they would have in the Swiss Alps. Usually those are big St. Bernard's that would have a little barrel around the neck. Anybody familiar with that type of picture? Yes. Well, then they showed the shadow uh, You know, this dog that was going to come out. I think it had bounty toilet pa- uh, uh, paper towels. I don't really recall. But when you looked at it, it was like a basset hound or a dachshund or something that was standing there. But the shadow of the dog was so much bigger than the dog itself. And so what they were showing you was this big, you know, this tiny little package has this, cast this very big presence. And so what is it that people are afraid of? What, the, like the scripture says, there's a lion in the streets. I shall be eaten. There is a sickness out there in the atmosphere and it's coming after who? The shadow of the thing not the real thing. I'm not denying that people have not been um, diagnosed with this thing. People that, I, that we, you know, are close to our apostle, that's the same call she got about them today and we're praying for them. But here's the thing. Most, and these two will not die. They will live. That's what we decree. Because the healing power that is available because of the stripes that Jesus Christ bore in his body is available to them. And it is, we're speaking, the will of God toward not only them, but every other human being that has been diagnosed or or is accused of, of, of taking this thing on. That the will of God, we speak, is made known. It is the will of God that you be healed. That the life of the, comes through the uh, the law i should say that comes through this, uh, the law, uh, law of life through the spirit of christ jesus made you free from the law of sin and death the law of life is is greater than the other but what happens is the chatter is all about to resur- to try to use our resurrection power to speak words to give life to a dead thing But the Bible says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I don't fear evil. Mm -hmm. And so the mind goes, but what about this? But what about this? And you know what it tells me? When we start questioning like that, what about, but what about this happened? And then I just heard that this happened. And I just heard that this happened. You've come down off your wall. You're not fighting. You're not fighting. How do I know? Because all kinds of stuff is getting by you and you're focused on something that has absolutely nothing to do with you. You, you, you. You're entertaining whoever the you happens to be in this case, right? You're entertaining thoughts of defeat because you forgot that you already have victory. Isn't that interesting? All because of a shadow. A threat. As though the threat, the weapons of the threat are greater than the weapons of your warfare. And this is just our introduction. <laughs> Good. You know, because I, those are the thoughts that run through my head, I say wait a minute, no. Um, I was talking to Dr. Baker a little bit today, off and on today, and we talked a little on Sunday, and we will most likely no doubt Uh, get into it some more on this coming Sunday about the word that means until (laughs) Until. (laughs) about the uh, until contending for the prophetic how do we do it one of the things is we do it without ceasing we do it every way that the spirit of the Lord wants it done but you do it what's the duration period for it until until, until there is a duration period, okay. Um, if it's if it has not yet shown up, then your fight's not over. If it has not yet shown up, your time of warfare, our time of worship, our time of praise, our time of prophesying, our time of obeying the uh, the word and seeking the Lord and bringing Him into the conversation is not finished. It's it, because see that's the necessary thing we're having. Prophecy is having God's conversation in the earth, releasing what God has said into the earth and so here it is, uh, I looked this up the other day. this is just simply looking at a few things just in the New Testament okay that um, he kept saying here in um, Matthew 2:13 it said, and I'm just reading scriptures from my Bible search, okay, so I just searched the word until, in my New Testament part of my Bible uh, app, and it says, and when they were departed behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him, and this is after the, the people have come to see the the, new, the child, Jesus, and so forth, and so Joseph was, um, Joseph was given an instruction. I want you to go, and I want you to go into this place, and I want you to stay there until you hear something else, until I bring you the message. Okay, so what he said was very clear. In other words, if his neighbor just happened to be in the same country, you go, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. When are you going to come back? I think that it's time for you to come back. That's not the right response. That's not the right time to leave. If you got a telegram which he would't have gotten, but if you got a telegram and the telegram says, you know I, I feel that this is thus and so but the specific instruction was until I I bring you word. So the angel let it be known your time in this in this area of your life, the time to come back will be when I am sent to tell you not a substitute, not not somebody else going oh. He, he got relocated. He got reassigned, and they sent me instead. No, no imposters, no, no, none of that. I, I'm the person that, I, I gave you this word. What did Eli, and it's, it's scriptural, because Elijah told him, it's not going to rain, Ahab, in this, until I say so. So the rest of y'all can say it all day long, but until I say it, it's not going to happen until I say it that's a very specific proclamation, uh, a decree that he, he let this king know and they go, who are you to be able to tell the king that it's not going to rain?" Well the king ain't in charge of rain anyway the king never had authority over rain, but uh, Elijah did or at least if he had it, he didn't know about it and Elijah stepped up and said, well I'm saying it's not, you know why? because your idol worship and the way that you're running after, and you're sacrificing your children, and you're doing this and you're doing that, and you're doing it all in the name of this demon that you believe will send the rain and will cause you to to reap harvest. Because Baal or Baal, um, that demon, some of the names, it was also known as the as the as the they called they thought of that that is the god of harvest. They, you know, in Baal worship, he, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Baal, also Molech. Because Molech was, is, is, in some um, studies you'll find, it's the same, it's a different name for it or a different face that it wears. But it always, you know, uh, six or seven different steps in, in Molech worship, and one of the things was to bring about a harvest. And so they would do this trade to get the harvest. Let's kill the children so that he'll give us rain. Let's, let's give up our legacy, let's give up our, our um, our destiny in, in, in what uh, Jehovah has said, because we have a scarcity. And so we'll sell everything else in order to fulfill, so that we do not perish as it appears to our eyes. The shadow of death is here. And if we, uh, you see, scarcity works with all these things, and how fear will do it this fear of not having which all of it is under the auspices of the fear of death. Don't be duped. First John four, verse four, says you are of God, little children, the greater one is in you. The one that is greater than scarcity abides on the inside of you. The one that is greater then all these other things I saw something really cute I saw uh, a picture of uh, Pastor Rod Rod uh, Rob Parsley on Instagram and it, it was great um, he was holding two pieces two, two rolls of toilet paper and underneath it he said something like well remember that when Jesus prayed that it multiplied the fish and the bread I'm just saying
1: laughter <laughs>
0: you know it would it would work it would work people go how is it possible for God to produce toilet paper um, when um, you know uh, Well, how is it possible for these tiny little sardines and these baby crackers to feed over 5,000 people Mm -hmm. I don't know does it matter what I think is because they moved out of the regular, the norm, into the supernatural realm where it's like all things are possible. I don't have to know how he, you know, how do you know angels don't just say, oh, I've been wanting to toilet paper them for years. (laughs) Why not believe it? Because it doesn't make sense? Well, does it make sense to run in fear from an imagined or an invisible threat? Does it make sense? you see it may not make sense, but it has power that people will fear something and and create a passageway for to find it it 's natural the scripture get in the proverbs there 's a lion in the street, I shall be eaten, and you thinking well, stay in the house
1: <laughs> but
0: if you 're afraid, do you know you can create a crack in the premise oh, uh, or the lion will find your door, or something could happen. We're out of, I don't understand how all the houses in the neighborhood, it chose mine, because you're the one to sent the radar out. Beep, 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 beep. There's food to be had here. I shall be eaten. See, that's a decree. There's a lion in the street. Ah, and I alone shall be eaten. I out of everybody else here. I'm the one that the lion's going to eat it's like I don't get it the lion ate him how did that happen well he said it would you know he did say that that was going to happen oh it's just he must have had a premonition no not really it wasn't a premonition it was a decree you with me so what we contend for prophetic uh, we contend for the prophetic the promises that are on the wall, the words that are spoken, until there is the annihilation of fear. There's a, do I have this here? Until there is the annihilation of, um, to see the complete destruction of fear. This is our vision, we contend for this, of fear and bondage. I wanna see the destruction, the complete destruction. Complete destruction means utterly destroyed of fear, the complete destruction of bondage, the complete destruction of bond, of pride, of prejudice. I want to see the complete destruction of those things and the awakening of hunger for righteousness and biblical holiness in the obedient body of Christ. Well, that seems like a very big task, not when I'm the first subject. When I'm the first one that I'm going to see the complete destruction of fear in me, the complete destruction of bondage, in me the complete destruction of pride in me the complete destruction of prejudice in me and the awakening of the hunger for righteousness in me and the awakening of hunger for biblical holiness in me and the obedient body of Christ is me then i become a carrier of something some people some would say contagious I don't like to use that word for this, but I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, you know. So, you know, inspiring other people, creating in them a hunger for the same thing because if I can create it in me, then I can pass it on to somebody else. Why? Because the fruit of what God does, because I walk in um, without fear. If I'm walking without fear, and I'm, I, there's only two options, I'm walking by faith, then I'm not walking by sight. If I'm walking by sight, I'm walking by fear. See what I mean? If I'm walking in bondage, then I'm obviously connected to fear. But if I'm walking in faith, then I have to be walking in freedom because freedom accompanies faith. So when I'm seeing the complete destruction of these things, I'm seeing in their place what has always been the will of God. Pride is not the will of God. Humility is. And when I walk in pride, I am definitely in bondage. Because I'm going to be tossed back and forth. You know, it's like demons are playing catch. Just pushing you this way, pushing you that way, shoving you around. Because pride means I'm not transparent. I'm afraid to be seen for what I am. Is this fun? Prejudice, I judge you just because you got that purple fur. (laughs) Who wears purple fur? Oh, you know, only the most uppity. You know, bold. She's sassy. She's wearing purple fur. (laughs) She likes sassy. (laughs) You know, but I don't know her. And so uh, to see somebody, you should be wearing a white pullover we shouldn't be wearing purple fur, (laughs) you know? Or, do you you catch me what I'm saying, it's like, I prejudge why, because I knew somebody 20 years ago that wore purple fur, and they stole my bubble gum. Okay, so therefore I have an inbuilt prejudice. If I see you looking like, reminding me of anything, anyone that has ever crossed me, or hurt me, or uh, betrayed me, or whatever, then you're just as guilty as they are, and I become very spastic about it. (laughs) I prejudged you without knowing anything about you, yes, ma'am.
1: So, so dealing with
0: um, she doesn't need to wait, you just need to keep going. <laughs> Go ahead, dealing with fear is really looking at
1: what's inside of us mm-hmm. and not focusing on what's outside of us, yes, other than, you know, practical things you need to do, like wash your
0: well, I hope people are washing their hands anyway. Yes, you know that was in style long ago. <laughs>
1: yes, I agree, um,
0: but otherwise,
1: it is it is looking at whether we are um, reflecting in faith or or going into that shadow going under that shadow not not the good shadow of, of the almighty but the which is light
0: yeah. yeah which is light well here's a thought let's, let's look at that for a minute suppose you're busy you know it was just two weeks ago right Let, let's let's get personal it was just two weeks ago you're radiating the truth of the word of god i know who i am anybody you know, I did my homework, and if you do the homework, you know who you are. I know that I am a this, and I am victorious, and I am an overcomer, and I am, and, and yes. I, okay, we've got all this. Yes. And then, here comes this naked demon baby. I am carrying a threat to the people, just doing this little thing. And here you've been going, I am... I see the complete destruction of fear. I see this, I'm creating and sustaining by obeying biblical principles. I'm gonna come and do, 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 do. not you see me? Do, 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 right? What happens? What was that? And you leave, you leave, like, uh, what was it? Um, oh, as uh, a, uh, uh, we read with John G. Lake, In the Pilgrim's Progress, he left his role under the tree, his identity, and he kept walking. So now you walked out. You left your role. Okay. You left your focus on the table to go out and see what this little weird thing is doing. And at first, those words are still coming up. But instead of those words being the ones that come out of your mouth, you start speaking words of judgment about this thing. You start speaking words of, oh, that's just so stupid. That's this, that's this, that's this. And everything you know about yourself, you cease to say. Your thoughts instead are focused on this thing, this distraction. You came down off the wall. Because see, in Nehemiah, remember, or uh, they were building the wall. And each one would come out and build the wall right in front of them. And they would keep going. And then I think it was uh, King Hezekiah when they they were building the wall and then these accusers would come and try to say these different things. Why? To get you to come down from your wall and deal with what I'm accusing you of. Instead of continuing to build yourself up on your most holy faith, continuing to speak the things, and to know that the word says, I will abide in the shadow of your wings until these calamities pass me by. It's God who's for me uh, and uh, those folks may be against me, but God is for me, so who can be against me? Okay, I dwell in the secret place of the most high God. I abide stable and fixed under the shadow of the almighty whose power no enemy can overcome. I say of the Lord, you are my refuge. I'm going to keep building the wall and letting your word keep building itself in me. And I will speak the word only. And the word alone will take care of the things that I think flesh and blood. I'm going to get down off this wall and go and give them a talking to with my fist. Is is one way to deal with it, or I'm going to stay on the law and I'm going to speak what they said in Acts four. God, they are against us. The nations are raging, and all this. But so you bear your mighty arm and take them down. Let's go over there, and I have not forgotten uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm two, but over here in Acts chapter four, it says around what is it around verse twenty six, or oh, verse twenty. Yeah, let's look at verse twenty six. Ah, it's the same thing. Okay. Let's go up a little further. Let's start with verse 23. It says, And being let go, meaning Peter and, and John, I think it was. Okay. <clears throat> they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, when everybody heard what they said, don't, don't speak in that name. Don't do this. Don't do that. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who has made heaven and earth and the sea, and all that is in them. So see, what did they just do? They just established, wait a minute. Before these folks ever had the power or the authority to tell me not to speak in a name that precedes them, you were there. First things first. Who was there first? People, oh, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. It's it's that simple. That's That's not a, who came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken came first. The egg came from the chicken. Well, yeah, but the chicken comes from the egg. Not not when you look at creation, no. (laughs) No. Every living thing. And then from those things, they will be fruitful and multiply. You're not going to get me mixed up to try to change the order of creation. When you're firm on creation, those type of so-called philosophical questions don't even phase you. You answer with the surety, because God said, God didn't say, I made eggs. He said, I made people, I made, he made animals, he did this, he did that. You know, well, weren't the seeds there first? No, the The harvest was there before the seed. The seed came from the harvest, okay? So having said that, they, they got this thing in order. We're letting it be known. It's God who created God who made heaven, God who made earth, and God made the sea, and God made all that is in them, and who by the mouth of his servant, your servant David, you said why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things. So there we are again. That's Psalm chapter 2. They said the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. You read that same type of thing in uh, Jeremiah 23 where the prophets that were not speaking for God but he said and they dare to try to steal my words and replace them with this i didn't say this but i will deal with this because when you try to twist his word he is on the scene and since he didn't say it he's going to make sure it is known what he did say i love that okay he says for the truth against your holy child jesus they try to tell us not to speak in his name you have anointed jesus And so both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before it to be done. And now, Lord, they are threatening us. It wasn't just behold, they're threatening. He said, they are threatening us. And this is not an old, what we would call an old covenant prayer. This is a prayer of faith. The enemy is threatening us. And so you grant unto your servants, your children, that with all boldness we will speak what you said. Did you notice they didn't say, Grant us the ability to take them suckers down. Grant us the ability to build the right weapons and to, you know, to get a big arsenal or to build a big army and to be able to wipe them out. They were over that. See, that's the way they would have talked. Jesus, would you call for all of this to come and do? But see, they're over it now because somebody somewhere, meaning Jesus and the Holy Spirit, has has let them know because they have a hat. They've had a taste of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't mean, you know, immediately when he came, Peter had boldness to preach what he never would have preached before. They have already now, we have been experiencing a different life with the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God than the life that we had apart from you. And so we are going to stick with this life that you have just given us. We are thoroughly convinced that all of this other stuff, they are threatening us. Give us your words to say. We're going to speak what you said. We're not going to speak on our own accord. And when they had prayed, that's prayer. That's a petition to the courts of heaven. That is a, a prayer. That is a, a, um, a, a beseeching and a making of a request to say, um, we are opening up the, air, the airways, the gateways, the portals for you to manifest yourself in this situation where flesh and blood is against us because of you. It's your fight this is a covenant my enemies are your enemies these people are speaking again they are threatening me they are telling me to shut up they are telling me to be disobedient to you and so they were all filled they said they were they were shaken. the place where they were was shaken um because oh i skipped a part okay verse 30 which is my point by stretching forth you grant us that with all boldness we must speak your word how do you go how are we going to do it by you stretching forth your hand to heal your hand to show that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child jesus let healing be released Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let the power that is in the name of Jesus be made manifest in the midst of this situation where these people are. We know who we are and we know who we belong to. And this is too big for us. So we are saying to you, they have threatened us and you want to speak through us. So speak through us and then stretch forth your hand and let them see what happens when we just keep saying what you say and then you. Hasten over your word to bring it to practice Now that's covenant. That's the covenant. This is the, the this is the first days of the church here. I mean, they didn't have all their buildings. They didn't have you know all of their ministers in place and and, 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 and the the whole praise team and this and this and this and this and this. They didn't have all that. But they had something, they have we have something. That it, it the, the rest of it is is good, but it's not it's not the the thing. The thing that we have that separates us is the power that comes through the name of Jesus, the power of this new covenant. We have something that we have underutilized. And he's like, When you do this, the big guns are brought. Go ahead.
1: So to operate in faith you would go right from seeing it to to talking to God about it and Same. not just festering on you on
0: okay because oh my it doesn't gosh, I because it's a distraction it. do you understand yes. I'm not I'm not denying that sickness comes we're certainly not denying that people die. Yeah. We're not denying any of the things that take place in the earth. We are saying, ah, since this takes place in the in the earth, let us replace it with what we have that they need. You with me? Yeah. I've only gotten one of my lines here, okay? This is so I contend until 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 so look at this um, another one that was uh, see Matthew eleven thirteen. 13 it says for all the prophets in the law of the, and the law prophesied until John when John came there was a shift in the atmosphere because John was the forerunner to Jesus And John was the prophet that had come through all the lineage of prophets to be the prophet that changed the message, changed the tone of the message from he's coming, he's coming. God's going to send him. God's going to send the deliverer. God's going to. God's going to. John is the prophet that changed it because John was the one that came with the message. You repent for the kingdom has come, is come. Everybody else said, it's coming. John said, it's here. It has come. This is a shift from what everybody is used to, to something else being said. He's gone from simply the logos to the rhema. The something said is manifested. And then when Jesus came, he said, John's message changed again from he's, Here, or or rather, um, the kingdom has come, and then, behold, he's here. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world is here. He's not coming anymore. And then Jesus took it up another level at the time of the crucifixion when he went through everything he went through, including defeating fear with faith all the time with others he would say fear not every heavenly angel sent would say fear not and at the time of gethsemane do you not know that fear and scarcity and bondage and all of these other tormenting spirits were uh, doing their best to get him off the track they didn't even know why you know it wasn't like to get him to um they wanted him to die they thought him dying was a good idea but they. For whatever their little agenda was, they don't just want to let you die. They want you to be miserable while you're dying. They want you to be fearful while you're dying. They want you to be tormented by while you're dying. They want you to feel like you're zero, reduced to nothing while you're dying. So there they are, and and if you got anything that was going to please God, we want you not to please God. We want you to fail. So all these spirits are are like uh, uh you know just converging to try to stop him. But what was it? What was it? Oh, it was love for us. Yes, it was. It was all these things. But the biggest thing with Jesus, yes, it was his love for us, but it was really the Father's love for us that got him to stick through it. Because his greatest desire was to please his Father. That's why Jesus told us, for God so loved the world that he gave his Son. Because it's only the love of God through Jesus Christ, that could rescue mankind. Glory to God, that is awesome! It is the love of the Father, which we overlook. Oh, God loves you. Well, yeah, but it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Jesus is the manifestation of the Father's love for us. Jesus battled and won because his desire, his intention, and he, he had his face set I will please my Father in everything that I do. I will do what I see. I will say what I hear. I will follow him every place he leads me. And even here, he has strengthened me with might in my inner man because what's in the inside of him? What, who was Jesus? The Word become flesh. It was in him, from the beginning to fulfill that which he was sent to do. And when he came on the inside of us, he activated in us what was in us from the beginning to fulfill.
1: So, so the same thing is in us from the beginning that was in him from the beginning to do what he... Oh my
0: because that's why you were born. You got scripture? Psalm 139. This this is what you wrote about me. Jeremiah 1. Before you were even in the womb, I knew you. I'd already written about you. I'd already decreed who you are. I'd already said what it is that you're to fulfill and to do. Now, you may be scattered. You may be tossed to and fro. You may encounter darkness. But the day that you come in, righteousness is working on your behalf. Intercession is going out on your behalf until You fulfill until you see until you break through, it's always at work, and but the power of decision choice it's not just the power to choose but it's exercising the power of choice to decide and decree a thing and have it be established for you and determine this is set in the stone of the covenant and i will not depart from this thing i am going to fulfill it every morning i may wake up feeling like a failure but bless god you said i'm not and so i'm not and so i'm going to overcome whatever it is that i've got to overcome including whether it's toss off the feelings or bypass the old habit of failure because I am not a failure and the knowledge that I'm not a failure the knowledge that you're not um, all the things that the world says that you are is the power that you use to defeat the lies because you're certainly speaking the truth it's the truth it's not your wish it's the truth it's the will of God you get it? isn't that awesome? I, I love that I love that. I just do. So you're contending for the prophetic. I have to talk about intercession, I guess, next week, um, or maybe Sunday. You're contending for the prophetic until the fear of death, the fear of rejection, the the feelings of old. I will now. Let's go to Romans eight. Okay. I'm going to continue with this. I'm going to continue to say what he said. Um, did I get everything I wanted? Yeah, I want it really verse 4 in Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 2 he that sits in the heavens shall laugh that the Lord shall have them in derision he's talking about the demons and the, and the foolishness of man you know but see even when he's laughing at the foolishness of man even when he's looking at the kingdoms the nations that are raging against him he still has spoken a word that they can fulfill I, I know Dr. Baker talked about that last night and so you see every, <laughs> Adolf Hitler Charles Manson, um, the killer down the road, whoever it is, the drug dealers, the pimps, the, the prostitutes, uh, every single person on the, the, the mass killers, the, the, the um, Timothy McVeigh and his group were before the bombings in Oklahoma and this, the, David, uh, the, the Davidian, Branch Davidian people, all of these individuals, the Unabomber, <laughs> um, God had a plan that was different from them spending their lives in prison. God had a plan, wrote a book about them that did not have anything whatsoever to do with them destroying people, putting nations in fear. Ted, Ted Kaczynski had a nation in fear for over 20, almost 20 years. That wasn't the will of God for his life. The man was absolutely was brilliant from a child. God had a purpose for him, but darkness got hold of him. They go, well, why did God let that happen? Why did we not speak? Was it God that let it happen? Or is it our failure to speak when we, what is the distraction? Self-absorption, thinking more about yourself, even when, yeah, I'm going to get people saved today because you know I got a quota to fulfill or something like that. No, it's the perfect law. Intercession, praying about things before, they, you know being, being very, very much in the realm of the prophetic. If the words have gone forth, all the way into the perpetuity, all the way into the places um, that lead right up to the return of Christ, then why are we not contending for those words that would solve problems that are 10 years down the line? We'll talk more about that. That's what the, the prophetic words are like batons in a relay race. Each runner on the team only runs to a certain distance. But the objective for the anchor, by the time the baton is passed to him or her, is to take it to the finish. You run until you cross that finish line. Is that right? But each runner, each leg of the race is important. Each person carrying that baton, you could think of it as a scroll, as a message. I'm running this, I'm running this, I'm running this until it's my turn to hand it off to the next assigned person to run with this, run with this, run with this, run with this. When one crosses the finish line, everybody's crossed the finish line. Because the per- when you're on the same team, the one that started it, got the best start that they could, handed it off to number two, to number three, to the anchor, to go all the way. If the t- if one crosses first, everybody crosses the line. That's how a prophetic word is. The words that have been spoken uh, from the time of... of uh, Smith Wigglesworth or the prophecies of of, uh, even more modern John G. Lake or Kenneth Hagin or whoever it is, uh, uh, Bob uh, Jones or whoever, they said, they said, they said this is the word before they departed the earth well they departed the earth but the word is still there to be taken, it's a mantle to be run with, it's not something to say oh now I have their mantle and now I can act like them, that's foolishness no, this is the word of the Lord that has been given and we cherish this word and we run this word and we can contend for this word until it has denied Satan access to this territory, to these people, to this land, to this type of industry, ending the abortion industry, ending the human trafficking industry. We contend until the enemy is defeated under the feet of Jesus, and the people are snatched out of, of the treachery and the, and the, and the and basically the end result of sin. How many mobsters have died of cancer or bone disease or serial killers too? Because this is part of how I study it. As I look to see what happened, most of them do not even, they're on death row, they do all of their appeals, but most of them die from some kind of disease, a heart disease, a heart attack. Cancer. Many, many in, the, in, in organized crime have died of cancer. They were sentenced to life, and life didn't last very long for them. They perish from this thing, because Satan basically says to hell with you. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a departure. The demons say, you are of no further use to me, so you may as well die. And who is going to go pray for their healing? Oh, you don't deserve it. That's the old religious thing they give them last rights, you know uh, give them one last chance to think that they were loved before they go to hell or if they were in a religion that allows them to pay money supposedly to buy your seat and you find out the seat you bought was not the seat you wanted and that is not the will of God. people say, well I don't understand why God would want somebody that was so evil and so horrendous because he never saw them and from his point of view. This was not who they were meant to be. He sees the unfulfilled destiny, not the demonic-filled one. You see what I mean? People that are wrapped up in bigotry, hatred, victimization, because 20, 40, 60, 100, 250, 300, 400 years ago, your people were mistreated are missing it. To stay in a victim's mentality is to be victimized by the past. Female, male, women, the history of the way women have been treated, the history of this and the history of this. This is the history of people that are still willing to allow themselves to be manipulated and treated like puppets on strings by a vile fallen created spirit that belongs under their feet and instead they are allowing themselves to be influenced in ignorance by darkness when light is right there and available and sometimes it's because in the body we portray a very weak we have portrayed a very weak jesus jesus loves you jesus loves you but oh i get sick like you and i'm just as broke and i'm this and this and we are subject to the same fears you know what even with this this mess that's going on, if you need to self, whatever it is that they're telling people to do, do it in faith. Not in subjection to the government, but by going to the spirit of God and saying, is this what you would have me do? And who can I talk to about you? How can I make this different? And how can I, you know, I, I, I won't do social distance. Because there are people out there that are already caught untouchable. You see what I mean? I honestly do believe that the that the that the the, the, um, the spores or whatever you want to call them, the cellular structure of my hands is such that anything evil and vile or sick or deadly will die. Because life pulses pulses through me. Romans 8. Somebody say, well, you haven't tested said, Baby, it's tested every day. It's tested every single day. I told you, I don't have personal space. No weapons formed against me will prosper. I say that scripture probably every single day. And so what do you think that builds for me? a stronghold a shelter it comes out automatically most people if you've had a conversation with me that lasted over a certain period of time on some level I've said it about myself or I've said it about you the Lord does what perfects the things that concern you I say it is there anybody here that I have never said that to I even say it about you people watching us All right, because It's true. I didn't make these things up. Do I know other scriptures? Yes. In fact, I know the writer. (laughs) Okay, I'm here again, and I picked this up. I was going to say this Um, yesterday. I had this little book. uh, You know, I've been redoing my house, and so I'm discovering books and all kinds of stuff. And I came across this little book from Kenneth Culpin Ministries. It's called Freedom from Fear. And I thought that, you know, I'd be talking about a lot of that. So um, I I don't know if you have these in the bookstore, but we need to get them if we don't. Okay. So Freedom from Fear. And I had not read this book um, at all. As you can tell, it looks pretty good. And my books typically look more (laughs) dog-eared. Okay. So um, I opened it up last night thinking I'm going to, just read through it. I haven't yet, but I will. And freedom from fear. So you see how it is. And so it opens up with the scripture. Okay. Ready? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2 Man, I'm telling you. There is, and woman too.
1: There is something
0: in this that we have got to get this. This is vital. This is life to us. And this is something that we, it releases the life of God into every part of our bodies, into every part of our thinking, into into every aspect of our living. We cease to exist, and we begin to live. Okay? Okay. So he said, this verse of scripture sets out the two basic spiritual laws at work in the world. Two, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death in Satan. OK. Now, you've heard; we've said that before. We, we, we teach that pretty much every week. So I was really thrilled when I'm reading this. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true, you know. Um, I know because it's Brother Copeland, I'm going to learn a lot as I read through this, things that I might have got to touch on and things that I, it's like, whoa, that just opened something. I have full expectation to learn a lot. But it's the same thing when, when individuals start to share the things, when you, any of us, when we start to share with one another what the word of the Lord is. You see, we learn from that because I, I learned, I, I have a really powerful one for me when it comes to healing and, and, and it comes to an act of faith. And I learned it from Mother Helen. And that is the way that when you suddenly know that you know that God has done something, she goes like this, and she gets all excited. I'm just so joyous. She pulls a spiritual power, a force, the joy of the Lord. When the joy of the Lord enters into a thing that you've been faithing for, do you not know it has manifested for you? It'll even hurry things up on the cycle. Because most of the time, People can be very dour or sober about stuff. But to go, yes, he did it. It's like, I don't see it. Oh, honey, it's done. Did I got you right? (laughs) Woman in purple fur. Okay, (laughs) you see. Because, but when I watched her do that, I thought, oh my God. To be joyous about your healing, even when you don't see it manifested, but you see it. I'm healed. Bless God, I'm healed. Well, you don't look healed. Who cares? I am. I don't look my proper weight yet either, but I am what I am. Okay? See, a lot of things that I, I don't look this, but I still am. I don't you don't you don't look this, but but I am. What I look like to you has nothing to do with what I look like to God. I look like what God said, not what man said. Because I'm not man made. I'm God made. And so as we do that, these are the words that start to war in us for us. That's the principle, the supernatural principle. Using the prophetic always brings about the supernatural. And that's what we're really talking about. Kingdom 202, what it it really is about, even the book itself, is about life in the kingdom and, and, and beginning to, manifest everywhere we go with things that we used to just talk about and talk about and talk about and occasionally something would sprout up because we're talking the right talk when we say what God said but as Jesus, this is what the Lord told me a few days ago, I think I shared part of this with you he said when you speak to the mountain, you speak until you speak until you speaking until you see it fully you speaking until, faith allows you to, to say it I said it by faith, and as I continue to speak it, I continue to just look and see it until I see it. And then there's a day I say it, and I say it with a faith and authority that I didn't say when I simply said it by faith. By faith is entering into the portal or the hallway, if you will, the pathway that I'm going to walk. I say it by faith. So I got out of natural, I'm gonna say it by faith because naturally speaking we ain't gonna make it (laughs) that's how we think we ain't gonna make it it's just naturally speaking I just don't see the possibilities of this thing ever working out it's just such a colossal mess I just don't foresee in any short period of time this is gonna stretch out at least 20 decades before anything I just don't see it happening any faster than that the very idea of moving a mountain is just colossally, structurally, unsound in the first place. But if you were gonna engineer it, I mean, I just don't see it, naturally speaking. So, right? But if you say, yeah, but I'm telling the mountain to move by faith. I have set in motion a series of events. I will give you an example. I've spoken to a mountain called debt. I got this from Diana. Because Diana, two years into her time here, oh, Dr. Baker spoke this message, and I just decided, you know what, I think I'm gonna do something with that. And so she was talking about being debt free, and I thought, you know, I wanna do that. And so this was happening with my taxes, and this is happening, and this is happening. I'm doing it that way as her friend because it was like, no, she didn't. And, and Diana was like, I'm just this close to being debt free. Well, good for you because why because she was listening and what was my lesson you're not listening to what diana's listening to and maybe ain't no maybe's about it you need to oh i just did what she said i just did what she said i just did what she said and it was like i learned i ain't doing what she said i'm not doing what she said i'm taking this thing for granted i'm not doing what she said and so Diana's like, oh, yes, this. And then when she bought her car, oh, yeah, they were able to give it to me pretty much at zero interest because her credit rating was so good. It's like, I know somebody that has good credit. This is amazing. In the body of Christ. Well, wow, this is great, you know, things of that sort. So what I do, I learned from my friend Diana to listen to what Dr. Baker I mean, there's things I've listened to, but this was not that important, so I didn't do it. It's like, why wasn't it important to you if it's important to God? Because if God had her talk about it, then don't you think it was important to him? Well, no, now that you put it that way, sure. <laughs> so what am I saying? That I have seen, supernaturally, as I spoke to this mountain called Debt, and I spoke specifically to my credit report, that it's gone from no man's land into normal over three months or four, five, five or six months. It has gone from supernaturally bad to it's on its way, okay? But I have crossed over out of the red. And if you ever had a credit report in the red, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, God bless you. Don't ever go there, okay? And on the income that I had, that's miraculous all by itself. It's miraculous all by itself. And every week, it gets better and better and better. Keep speaking until... Keep speaking until, okay, what the mountain is called debt, the mountain could be called uh, car payment, um, which is debt, but it's a specific debt. It's not just, I speak to debt, I'm debt free and in my place of wealth. Debt free in what? What are you debt free in? What do you not owe? Well, okay, see, because scripture says I don't owe any anything but to love them. I don't love nobody, that's why I'm in debt. I ain't got time to love nobody. I'm just trying to try to take care of these bills. How you going I ain't got time to love unless they come with like a big bank account gonna get me out of debt. I love them already. You know that's not the way it works, right? But if you, it's it's like I'm speaking to the mountain called debt, and then specifically to this to the west side where this is to the east side. I know this all wrong, but whatever. West, east, east, west. Both of those north and south. Right. I'm speaking. I'm speaking right to the middle. I'm speaking to this thing called student loan. I speak to this thing called um, mortgage. I speak to this thing called astronomical, ridiculously overpriced car payment. Um, I speak to whatever it is, speak to the mountain and keep calling it what, call. you speak to the mountain, tell it to be gone, and you call these things which be not into existence, which are presently not into existence you call them into meaning come from the realm of the spirit come from the, the will of God and be made known in the earth yeah. so I'm always listening when people are talking because it's like ah I can okay I've learned more about the law listening to Judge Connie I've learned from each, every single one of you so it's, I'm not going to go through all that you know, but, but do you understand it's like it, it, if I can't learn from you then I can't actually teach Anything that I say when I—it's the lessons that I personally have learned. Yes, but you know what triggers it oftentimes is listening to what somebody else is saying. Do you, I learned that it was okay to desire to have a bigger income from Nicole because you know I used to work temp jobs way back. Nicole was always getting paid better because see she was bold about asking. I didn't know you could. <laughs> I come from a slightly different era where you didn't. You simply accepted. You see, and so I learned to ask for what people said you couldn't have, and I got it, I get it. I learned that God loves me um, and, and does some amazing things. I learned through Crystal. I, I, I let me stop, I, I don't want to get into that. Just, no, just insert your name and say, she's learned something from me, okay? Because I have, and I still do, and I will continue to do. That's why I want you to take this and do with it, because when, when the testimonies come in, Even if you're not talking to me, you're talking to somebody else, and I hear about it, it's like, really? They did that? I never thought to do that. Well, I got to do that too. So thank you, every single one of you. I'm serious. I'm very serious. Thank you. Because it makes me, it allows me to grow in in boldness or in character or in humility, in in kindness, and all of these different things. This is what we're learning. Um, You know, this is what we're learning. Principles and and yes, there's people I've learned what not to do, but I I wouldn't name them anyway. They're they're strangers. <laughs> I watch things people do. I, actually, some of that I learned from my sister because my sister watched the way my brother and I were so goofy, and she said I'm not living that way, and so she bypassed a lot of things that we that he and I never needed to go through. Sister said nope, not doing that, and so she lived a different level of life from. The beginning, she knew how to create um, plants and have a vision for something beyond today. Living just—you do live in today, while it's called today—with the prophetic vision of of every day to come. You understand, or you can live from paycheck to paycheck. You can either live for, for knowing that provision is yours which is the word of God and the will of God knowing what it is and knowing you're headed for it it's like you were waiting for an inheritance but that was only one it's not because other people die we're talking about your inheritance in the kingdom and learning to go through the process of getting an earthly inheritance gives you the faith power that you need to now start seeking in the kingdom for the inheritance that is yours do you understand what I'm saying? So you're not nearly finished, baby girl. That was just a start. Now comes the, the big, the, the I'll call it the big payoff. I'm talking about so much more than money. But your inheritance, what is your inheritance for health? What is our inheritance for wealth? What is our inheritance for position? What is our inheritance for ruling and reigning? What is our inheritance as citizens of the kingdom? What is our inheritance for manifesting or helping other people to cross over? What is our spiritual inheritance? Ask of me and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. What is my inheritance? Um, where do I go for the harvest of souls or you know, lives that you want to bring into the kingdom? Where do I go for this the, you know to open this um, revenue stream and this revenue stream and this revenue stream you know where the rivers are where the, where the fishing is fine and I don't fish personally but you know but where all of these things are everything that, that you desire where the buildings are where Dr. Baker prophesied something this morning she spoke specifically about the property and about how it would be given to us now latch on to that this is one where this this one is a baton that's given to all of us to carry that we intercede until if you didn't hear it on the prayer call this morning you need to listen I'm giving that as a a real exhortation listen to the call and what she said just listen to the soundbite or Frederick yes you're hearing me just the soundbite about the building itself and he'll get it and he'll send it okay Uh, or send it to me and then I'll forward it because I'll, I'll, I'll write the instructions please um, but what what am I saying? When that happens, that's that's something. That's a prophetic word to contend for. She saw something. Whether she, you know, whether it was conscious, like uh, she had. The, we know she wakes up many times before the call, so maybe she saw it that way. I don't recall that she explained that. But whatever it is, she saw it. And when she saw it, if you see it, you can have it. It is yours. It's a spiritual principle. So because she saw it, she grabbed hold of it. That's one of the ways that property is com- comes to us. What is our job? Our job is to contend for this thing. God, we thank you. This is how we can, we thank you for this building, that this property that is being given to us because somebody says, come and take it. We thank you that they're looking for us. We thank you this, we thank, you know, you take every sentence that has been spoken and, and you just, we, we we all, I'm saying you, but I'm talking about all of us. This is when we can all do. This, if you have not, I'm going real quick because I've got about five minutes. Um, if you have not read the book "What If" by Pastor Tommy Barnett, you gotta read it because this is what I'm saying right now is a part of that. Just because the month of March is over, uh, February is over, doesn't mean we're not saying it. We gotta get the, You gotta get this. And and that video that we also uh, showed where he was like, um, uh, "Surprise me, Lord," okay? Because. It's getting out there to walk on the water. When when Peter walked on the water, the water solidified under his feet because faith changed the substance of the water. Faith is the substance that he walked in. He walked by faith. So therefore, the water had to become um, for him what would, the same thing it was for Jesus so that he could walk on it. It's like when we walk by faith, the things around us change. We're changed too, but it's our change that changes everything else. Any questions before I end? So uh, I will give you that again. We pray, we speak, we think. This is how we're contending until until the day that she says, "I just met with so and so, and this is what happened." Until yes, but the winds are blowing. Doesn't matter what the winds are doing. I have a course I have a direction I have a destination and until I cross over y'all can blow you can sneeze you can cry you can haunt you can do whatever you want to do storms can rage all of that other stuff but I'm going to the other side remember that that the people let us go to the other side because that's what Jesus told them and the winds and the waves and all these things were happening and Jesus said I think this is Mark 4 or Mark 5 and he said and before any of it happened, let us go to the other side. He's asleep in the boat. The wind started, the wave, the waves and the storm. But he had already said, let us go to the other side. And they were starting to understand. Jesus did not ever just say something like, hey, guys, it might be a good idea to go to the other side. Like, if we can make it, then hey, maybe we should do that. He never did that every word he spoke was a decree it was a it was a declaration let's go to the other side we in other words what he said is we are going to the other side the authority of him saying that the words that he said gave them the authority to speak to the women said be quiet peace be still just what he did they could do because he we already have his word on this and he said we're going to the other side So you are simply going to have to bow. Mountains. Jesus said, if I speak to you and tell you to be removed and be cast into a sea or whatever, and I don't doubt that he told me to say it, you're going to have to move. I'm not going to stand here all day watching to see if you budge. I have set something in motion. I'm going to continue to say what he said and I have with the full expectation that you are diminished in power and you are removed from my sight. And as we do that, it's removed actually from your natural sight. And then what happens? You know what I do not do? I don't check my credit every week. I get a notice, hey, guess what? It's happened again. I go, yay, and keep going. I don't check a lot of things because you check and it appears to still be there so keep speaking keep saying go back to Acts 4 they said they are threatening us this thing is still in my face this is still going on so empower us with the boldness to speak your word and then you will stretch forth your hand and cause these things to be removed That's all I have for tonight. I have lots more, but that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Glory to God. Any questions? I got to line one, line two. (laughs) Comments, questions? Anything in your notes? Frederick said, We just unlocked by faith. (laughs) Awesome. Nothing going, as Dr. Baker would say, going once you sure you don't have anything I look at some of your faces and I see all these things going on it's like don't leave here without having dealt with that um go to the next slide I think I've got something there I do have something there don't you love that I just made it kind of like to try to look Um, had to put my pink in there so then if nobody has anything we're going to go ahead and get ready to close and um, I'm going to say thank you to people that have joined us tonight. What else am I going to do? No. Just hit a down arrow. It's okay. No. Well, yeah, that's fine. Go back. That's fine. So I think I only have three. So that's what I wanted to let people know. As we begin to receive the tithes and offerings and, and the things to close out this part of the week, that you can, um, yeah, you can find us at www.astoundinglove.org. And for, you can hit the donate or the contact us buttons down at the bottom. Um, if the people are doing the Zell type of giving, then um, it's uh, offerings at astoundinglove.org. And if you are wanting to uh, put in a prayer request or make a comment, it's contact us. At astoundinglove.org, so that's something that we wanted you to know. Um, what else do I want to tell you? Let me see. Yes, she said. Uh, really, no questions. I, there's a question in the atmosphere, and I'm trying to to give you a moment, uh, you know, to be able to say something. But okay. Um, thank you, Father. We worship you and praise you tonight for what it is that you have said for us, to us, and we thank you for your uh, amazing, amazing love for us tonight. I thank you for the word that you have spoken, that it penetrates lives and hearts and gives us incentive. And even as we get the word to contend for the prophetic, something that just came and it has been seen, and now we will speak in, in thanksgiving and praise to you until, until the title deed and the keys are in hand we have stepped onto the property and, and begin to do the things that you desire for us to do in the name of Jesus so I want to thank you um, so much for joining us I want to um, ask you Alfred, to go up one and I invite people that are uh, joining us to join us on Sunday um, you have to go up one to join us on Sunday for Biblical Solutions for Life um, we have session one beginning at nine forty-five, and session t- uh, 11:30 And session two starts with our doc- our apostle, Dr. Baker, from eleven forty-five to two o'clock p.m. So these are the times, and you can join us right here on Periscope, live on Periscope, to see that. So we're getting ready to go. Uh, last thing I want to do, go to the very last one, I'll put these in a different order, is invite you to visit us. We are at nineteen fourteen, Zone Boulevard. Go down to it, dear. Okay. Um, we're at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131. And our phone number is 408-945-4439. So I'm giving you all the information that we typically rattle off. I'm still gonna rattle it off, but we're also giving you time to to take a look at it and to uh, come and be a part. So we're gonna we are receiving the types and offerings. Again, I gave you the information on how to um, to, to give in. To the work that's being done, and I want to say thank you so much. Don't fear. That's really what I want to tell you. I'm asking the question: What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of dying? If so, it just means that you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. You can reach out to us, or there's somebody that can be able, who has to know how to tell you, how to meet the most marvelous person that you will ever want to know. There, heaven doesn't sell fire insurance. So you don't meet Jesus to escape hell. You meet Jesus because he's wonderful and because he wants to be your Lord and because he loves you with an everlasting love. And he has a great plan for your life. That's why you meet Jesus. And then you stay with Jesus because he's real. And he's got a whole lot more power than unfortunately we, his body, have sometimes exhibited. But he is worth knowing. He is worth uh, getting to know and to stay with. If you're afraid of sickness, if you're afraid of uh, sickness or disease, the same Jesus we're talking about, Has shed his blood so that you could be healed and you don't have to be good, you don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to be a likable person in order to be healed by God. The Bible tells us that um, healing is a sign of the goodness of God and God is good whether you're good or not. So uh, if you're afraid of healing or or being uh, sick, you don't have to be. You don't have to be afraid of running out of uh, paper goods or food Or any other thing that's a scarcity mentality that is meant to manipulate you and to teach you to run after supplying for yourself when God in his kingdom said I want to be the one that supplies everything that you have need of and do it to the full if you're afraid of uh, running out of money you're afraid of anything at all then I invite you to get to know this Jesus Christ that we love because he is not afraid of what we're going through. He has made the remedy and the way of escape. If you're already born from above and you've been yielding to the ways of the world, I encourage you to get into this word or to listen for the small voice, still small voice of the Holy Spirit, who will speak comfort to you. We do not hold you in condemnation. We simply want to remind you, if you're born from above, if you're born again, you're better than you know. And it's time for you to find out. So again, if you need to join us on Biblical Solutions for Life on Sunday, come and do that. Or come and visit us. Come and be a part. Write your prayer request. Do whatever else it is that you want to do. We are praying for you. We love you very much. We love you, in fact, with God's astounding love. So I'm Pastor Lansing Lee, and I'm here at Astounding Love a Global Church Fellowship with some of the most beautiful, amazing people you would ever want to know. Come and be a part of it. We'll see you next week. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you. And everybody say good night. Good night.
1: Good night. Good night. Good
0: night. Thank you.